welcome to The Rob Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 168th episode, a returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. We first heard Jonathan Fowler on episodes 2, 10, 20, 21, 29, 30, 31, 32, 34, 35, 43, 48, 51, 56, 64, 74, 83, 92, 102, 103, 104, 105, 106, 107, 108, 109, 111, 114, 115, 116, 119, 126, 127, 133, 137, 140, 146, 147, 149, 153, 156, 158, 160, 162, 164, 167, and episode 82, which also featured fellow regular guest Ash Burgess of the podcast. Jonathan graduated with a BA in history from Indiana University in 2006. He is an unabashed left-wing political junkie. He has lived and worked in South Korea for over 10 years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day. A quick programming note. This is the second of three episodes which were recorded before the pandemic began in the United States and the Democratic presidential debates were still going. My plan was to drop in original audio between our conversation, but then everything happened. I was concerned these would be lost episodes, but luckily, since time is now a flat circle, you're free to enjoy these conversations, though without the original audio clips. And now on to the show. I haven't been taken down by the coronavirus yet. How about you? Yeah, I think there's a travel advisory against coming to Korea, but it's too late. I'm already here. So <laughs> they already let you I in. I guess I got a shelter in place. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sorry about your uh, religious cult over there. You seem to be really screwing things up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'd never even heard of this one, but... Uh, yeah, I was yeah, going to ask it, if you were familiar, because I hadn't heard of it before, so... No, shockingly, this cult has apparently about 245,000 members in South Korea or something, and they believe that their leader who founded the group in 1982, I think, is is the second coming of Christ or something like that. I don't know. It's really weird. But today, fortunately, the second coming of Christ has agreed to cooperate with the South Korean government and provide a complete list of all the uh national id numbers and birth dates of his members in yeah. compliance with the government i think i saw an article earlier today that the police were raiding the headquarter offices to to obtain all the these documents and so i don't know if the raid went forward or something was worked out before the raid or something was worked out after the raid or if the police just took the things and then he agreed to cooperate afterwards you know to make it look like he wasn't being a troublemaker or something. I have no idea what's going on, but... Yeah, because uh, for a while they weren't cooperating, right? And they were just all these church members that were just out and about, or they were not telling them where they were, right? It seems like, yeah. And a few days ago, there were like several hundred, I think, that were not being contacted or something. They weren't being able to be contacted by the government. Mm. I think the number's down to three today, so... Okay. I don't know. I don't know if they were actively trying to avoid being contacted or if they were, uh, what can we say, you know, just, I, I don't know. Everybody has a cell phone in Korea, so it's hard to imagine that they were, you know, not mm. intentionally avoiding any kind of summonses or something, but. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's been a, it's been interesting to see, especially since this started in China, how uh, different systems of government have been dealing with this and the pluses and minuses of each system. Obviously, we have, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, 
there's there's I can see how you know authoritarianism in, in a case like this might be good in some ways because it's like you want you want a lockdown you want you want a government that can take kind of control in, in a way that an authoritarian government would in a situation like this. However, it's not perfect because people don't want to admit their mistakes or admit what's going on until it maybe is too late because they don't want to seem like the weak link or whatever. And I think that's partially what happened in in China, right? I mean, that was part of how it spread initially is that no one wanted to take responsibility or say anything was going on. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think like in a situation like this, I think I, I you know, I don't know. I have no idea how things played out in China. And but I do think like things like you know, locking down the region where there's a, you know, a heavy cluster of it is a good thing. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of Koreans wish that Daegu, the town where it where it sprouted up from the religious cult here in Korea, in the south uh, eastern part of the country, would have been locked down. And that's I mean, that's a town of like two or three million people, I think. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Seoul's got over 10 million. So it's like we don't need those people coming up here. And you know, if I live in Daegu and I don't think I'm sick yet, I'm going to take all my family and go stay with an, a cousin or a brother or sister living in a different part of Korea until the thing blows over. And so you could have this mass exodus of people just going out and infecting everywhere, basically. So, mm-hmm. you know, human nature, I don't know. It's It's a weird thing. And it has raised a lot of questions about the potential upsides of authoritarianism in a situation like this because it's like individual human interests conflict with the needs of the group interest right like it's like Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean obviously the uh i you know i think the government wanted to avoid i don't know it's kind of been a a series of half measures. It's like, Mm -hmm. we don't want to ban all people from China, but we're going to ban people from Wuhan. Mm -hmm. But the people from Wuhan have largely, a lot of them have already escaped Wuhan, and we're going to bring back Mm -hmm. Koreans who are in Wuhan. And so, you know, it's kind of this mixed measure where you get some people coming out of there and coming to Korea with the disease. But then, you know, you also, I don't know, it's a weird balance where, you don't want to. I mean, the economy is going to be damaged, and it looks like the outbreak is going to spread regardless. So we, we may be getting the worst of both worlds, or it may have been mm-hmm. worse if they'd done things differently. It's you know, with with history or anything like that, you you really sometimes you got to consider the thing that didn't happen, which is not something that most people do. They just like, oh well, this is really bad how it worked out. It's like yeah, maybe, but it could have gone worse. I mean, it probably could have gone better, but it also could have gone a lot worse, possibly. But I don't know. I think South Korea is probably one of the top two or three most infected countries right now. But again, it's proximity and economic interconnection with China. It's a lot of factors. Yeah, I saw this video of uh, a drone that was going around in China. I don't know if you saw this maybe, but uh, it was like it saw a woman without her mask on and like the drone started like yelling at her to like put her mask on and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> my gosh, we're in the like dystopian future like right now. Like This is a episode of Black Mirror right here. <laughs> yeah, thank God. <laughs> right yeah you're like how, how do i get control of this drone i want to i got some people i want to yell at <laughs> yeah yeah it's 
yeah, it's it's a weird situation. It's uh, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, I think like I mean, you know, I think schools around the area, like a lot of the kids' schools, have gone to half weeks or something where they're mm. open two days a week and then they're closed three days a week. Which again is, I don't know, it's kind of like a half measure. If people are, if we're going to get infected, we're going to get infected. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. it's like you know, and we're going to take the economic hit halfway. So it's kind of like. <laughs> I don't know. It's somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Well, and then uh, Trump has apparently ordered all his like lieutenants to uh, not say anything negative, lest it, uh, you know, spook the markets or whatever, which is like, <laughs> this isn't like some problem that you can like, you know, everything's tremendous. Everything's great. You know, it's like the pandemics really don't care about that kind of thing. So it's like that doesn't really like it doesn't really work in this case. But uh, and he's cut funding to the CDC and uh, it's just ridiculous. But <laughs> yeah, I think I saw an article earlier that he called for like two point five billion or something to deal with the coronavirus threat. Uh-huh. And it's like the way that this guy misappropriates funds for that are for a legitimate <laughs> purpose. And then he turns it around and tries to build his wall or whatever with the money. It's like, you know. With a normal president, yeah, give him the money. But with this guy, you know, I don't know. I don't think he's I, – I think he's, number one, he's corrupt, so he's going to misuse the money. Number two, he's incompetent, so he probably won't – even if he attempts to use it correctly, he probably won't. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you should even give him the money. Let, and if you do, you better damn well get receipts for where it's going and guarantees, not that he's – you know. You know, not that you can trust any promise that he makes to you. So it's, you know, this is what happens when you have a totally corrupt, compulsive, lying leader. So whatever. And then I saw uh, Ken Cuccinelli, the guy that said we should change what's on the Statue of Liberty, say that, like, he's tweeted out something like a link to the Johns Hopkins, like, disease map or something. He's like, this map isn't working for me. Anyone else? And it's like, dude, you're... Secretary of Homeland Security or whatever, like, like, stop, like, like, is not inspiring confidence in me, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Government like it doesn't like... work, and we'll make it not work. <laughs> and then, you know, when it's our time to be responsible, we'll be like, gosh, you know, things just really don't work. It's weird. Yeah, exactly. It's like I know things seem bad, guys, but we've got all our worst people working on it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I'm taking my vitamins, so yeah. I've already, uh, yeah, I, when I worked at the elementary school, uh, right out of college, I had hand, hand, foot and mouth disease. So I've already had some strange animal diseases. So hopefully that'll <laughs> yeah. give me some kind of immunity. I don't know. <laughs> Those damn children. I know. Filthy. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. No, oh, it's like, boy. even with my kids, it's like, I can be as careful as I want, but like, we'll go into like a public bathroom and they're like touching everything. And it's like, dude, I stop. Like, I know you don't understand virology at like two, but like, come on, like, <laughs> help me out here. <laughs> yeah. If, if my kids, if I have kids someday, like they are going to be so OCD right out the gate. Like it's not even going to be funny. <laughs> not even a choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, this past week since Saturday, I decided to stop going to my gym. I've been going to the gym three times a week, but now I've decided to stop for my health. Because, mm-hmm. you know, ironic. <laughs> as ironic as that may be to say, yeah. it's like <laughs> I got to minimize my public exposure. Absolutely. For sure. But uh, anyway, politics, debate. We, uh, yeah. uh, thank goodness we were getting to this today because we'd be three three behind if we hadn't, <laughs> hadn't hurried. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're pumping these out. We're doing them. Cha. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, we're working on it for yep. sure. 
Bob, what's what's going on with the one, the last one we did? Any any word on that one at all? Or oh god, we, yeah, I'm sorry, I'll get that one out as soon as I can. Sorry, <laughs> Bob. We said before Iowa, we blew through that deadline, but oh, I know, and you I know, know, I don't know, have, Bob. I you know, I was thinking the other day. I mean, like, is there any possibility of hiring like a you know like a staff or something like to like to work on the more like kind of you know technical aspect of it or I don't sure, you know. Got, just... you, got, you got some money you want to throw in on that? <laughs> <laughs> Bob, you know, we should be like a normal podcast. We should have a Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some throw some sponsors on there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. DNC, you want to sponsor us? <laughs> well, not them, but... You know. <laughs> yeah, I, although I'm, I'm sure we'll get good funding if after Bernie wins and takes over the DNC. Hey, Bloomberg, if you're listening. Yeah. I want Bloomberg. you to send some money to my good friends at the Rob Burgess Show. They've been doing good work this time. Yeah, yeah. No, well, hey, if Bloomberg wants to throw around some of his billions uh, to us, we could probably totally change our viewpoints, right, Shaw? Are you ready to get on the Bloomberg train for, for the right price? <laughs> I will do some incredibly ironic endorsements of Mike Bloomberg for some of that those Bloomberg bucks. Oh, yeah. Crazy. But I, I can't guarantee it won't be tongue-in-cheek, though. I know. Well, did you see the report last night where uh, he's actually using prison labor to make his campaign calls? <laughs> really? Yeah. Amazing, because he's the <laughs> stop and frisk guy who helped fill the prisons. Yeah. And then you, you <laughs> use the prison yeah, labor we, once it's in there to make your campaign calls. Hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we locked him up. Now we're putting him to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In America that works. That's right. I don't know. <laughs> Something. No, I hadn't heard about that. That's, I mean, this guy, I don't know. When it comes to billionaires in the race, Tom Steyer is definitely the cool one. Yeah, I'll take him over Bloomberg for sure. And I was actually thinking, like, I mean, who who could Bernie's vice president be? And I'm thinking, like, I don't know, after the fallout with Warren, I mean, from a ideological standpoint, in spite of the interpersonal whatever's going on between there where she basically called him a sexist, um, you know, I still think they line up on a lot of things, although, you know, her backtracking on Medicare for all and stuff like that. eh, you know, I'm not wild about it. But but if, if you wanted to, like, throw a bone to the moderates or something or or to the billionaire class or something, Tom Steyer is looking pretty good for a <laughs> VP pick. I mean, every debate, he's just like, I agree with Bernie. Actually, I agree with Bernie. Hey, Bernie, I don't want to interrupt you here. I just wanted to talk. And, you, you know, can you sign my autograph? I mean, he, he's like he's definitely like he wants to be at the cool kids. uh uh, lunch table and i don't know you know i don't know yeah mm-hmm. i don't i don't want to be a class trader for suggesting it but uh <laughs> you know there, he's he's not one of my least favorite people on the debate stage consistently yeah. so in spite of the fact that i you know have this uh inherent distrust of billionaires so right right well i actually saw a poll in south carolina where i don't know how reliable this is but he was steyer was third like right behind Buttigieg, like right, right neck and neck there. So I don't know, maybe, maybe he's gaining some ground that I don't know about, but. Is that third place or fourth place? Uh, third place. Yeah. So Bernie, Bernie, uh, Pete, and then Steyer. That's, that's what I saw. So. No, South Carolina is next Saturday, right? Super Tuesday. Coming Saturday. No, no, no. It's, uh, yes. Yeah, you're right. Let me look when, when those are. Yeah. In, in, I'm incredibly curious to see what happens there because, um, you know, Bernie has won the first three states, which apparently has never happened by anybody, Democrat or Republican, that they've won uh, 
mm-hmm. Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no president has ever done that before. So, and yet you still have people on, you know, the news saying, but is he electable? You yeah. Know? He just, he just did something that no other candidate has ever accomplished. He won the first three states. Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to bicker about, oh, Iowa, maybe Buttigieg won. He didn't win the popular vote total, the second or the first count. He eked it out with the delegate count. Maybe, maybe it's still up in the air a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. Iowa, they screwed up. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm so done with these uh, caucuses, too. Yeah. I hate, I hate them. They're the worst. Well, it's, it's, I don't know. It's interesting because I think, like, um, in 2016, the caucuses really helped Bernie this mm-hmm. time. You know, they're, you know, they're causing chaos. And I think there's some question about the fact that, um, it's it's so complicated because they said in Iowa voter turnout was down. It was not as high as it was in 2008 or even in 2016. I think uh, New Hampshire did better, and I think Nevada did really well. I think that they had like the same number of voters as 2016 just in their early voting. Mm-hmm. But then there's a question of if people are casting early votes, then they're not participating in the caucus. Mm-hmm. And so is it really a caucus or is it just a straight election at that point? And right. so. Yeah, it's it's just really complicated. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay, so yes, you're right. South Carolina Saturday, uh, Super Tuesday, we got Alabama, American Samoa, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, and then we have another pretty big one on the 10th, which is Democrats abroad. We're talking about Utah. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm I'm still voting. Or no, you're in you're Indiana, Indiana. I right? I guess. What what is the count I, of Democrats abroad? How do you get on that one? I mean, I could. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, they're saying like you I've get seen to vote earlier. You get to vote like two or two months earlier if you do that. Yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, it doesn't. It, it counts as a separate thing from the state. And my, uh, they right. say, you know, if you vote in Democrats abroad, your vote counts for more than it probably does in your state. You know, probably mm-hmm. depending on what state you're in. But my worry is that if you have everybody abroad voting in Democrats abroad, you're actually siphoning Democratic votes out of every single state, right, which right. may be a disaster. I, you know, I'd have to see the numbers on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Idaho, Michigan, Missouri, Missouri, Mississippi, North North Dakota has firehouse caucuses, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington primary. And then you got to get all the way to May, May 5th, Indiana primary, right near the end. Who cares right, who you I'm, think Indiana? I'm, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm putting it. Okay, I'm gonna write that on my calendar here. It's May good 5th. to know. Yep. May fifth. Okay. Yep. I was kind of wondering about that. I I was like I was asking my mom a few weeks ago like when do we when does Indiana vote again? And she's like I'll have to get back to you on that. It might be Super <laughs> Tuesday. And I'm like nope. I don't know. I was like is is that right or is she you know she telling me the wrong date just so you know one less vote for Bernie or something. <laughs> But no, it sounds like she was right. May yep. 5th, okay. Which, you know, I mean, maybe maybe it'll still be competitive by that point. Who knows? It doesn't isn't usually. But, I mean, I guess Trump did take it in Indiana. So it was went all the way to there for the Republicans last time. So Okay. I need to figure out what I need to vote in Indiana because um, in on the day after my birthday in January, my uh, driver's license expired somehow. I thought it was only been three years since I was back there, but apparently like it counts as four or something. Mm. I don't know. I'm confused and upset. How are you going to renew it? 
Well, I got to go back to America and do the damn test again this way. I mean, wow. if I'd been able to renew it online or something, then it would have been much easier. But I just had so much work stuff going on, I couldn't mm. couldn't deal with it. You coming back anytime soon, Shaw? I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to. Like, there's a lot of family stuff that I'm missing that I need to get back for. We just but, moved to yeah. a new place, so we'll have a new we'll have a new baby here soon too. So. Yeah. Hey, you need to send me your uh your new address send, yep. so I can get your. Get oh, well. your uh, Christmas stuff in the in the mail, although it's yep. February, but uh, <laughs> still working. Yeah, yeah, I'll send that to you. So, <laughs> oh, ah, excuse me, Here not coronavirus. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the first sign. I know it's like a zombie movie when somebody <laughs> in the group starts. Uh... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, um, well, it's it's weird to be talking about the state of the race because we're talking about, you know, a debate that's lagging a couple weeks, several weeks. And, it, yep. and we're also I'm sure the upload is going to be lagging. No, I'm going to get on substantially. I Super Tuesday is my new uh, my new deadline. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great. Yeah, no, I know it, it takes a lot of work to put these out and stuff, but I don't know. I am thinking, Bob, <laughs> you know, it's uh, I don't it's know. It's only because I, I like, try to put like the original source material in. If I just wanted to do it just straight up, just what we say, then it would be yeah. much simpler. But I don't know. I feel like it does add something to add the, especially when they make it so hard to see these debates, you know. So I, I feel like it's important to get those in. But I mean, you know, it does cause it to be delayed because i do have a job that actually pays me that i have to focus on first yeah (laughs) well i'm bob what i'm saying is though i don't know man we get some we get some sponsored content in here we start getting some of that uh mailchimp money or what have you mailchimp okay (laughs) yeah whatever you want us to say we'll say yeah we'll say whatever you want mailchimp i don't know yeah i'm just saying like you know start getting some money Flashlight, anybody? Yeah. <laughs> Taking orders. Yeah, yeah. Brand, branded flashlights. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what that does for our uh, our uh, credibility. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Do those Pod Save America guys? What do they do? Yeah, we need to do that. <laughs> oh, they've got I don't know something that will help you build a website. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. The weird thing is that like all the podcasts, no matter what they are, seem to be using the same thing periodically. It's like for a while everybody was on Blue Apron, and then now everybody's on this this website maker or whatever to help you make your own website easily or something. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, are these companies seeing profits from this? Is this an effective advertising strategy? Because it doesn't seem like they're tailoring it to their you know, some there's a there's a true crime podcast I listen to sometimes, and they're all about this this mattress that you know, you know. Okay, is it Casper? I believe so. Casper, did you hear that? Shout out. Me undies, me undies, me undies, absolutely. See, yeah. we're doing this for free. This is just a no, sample. Exactly. No, it's funny because uh, Ti the rapper has a podcast now. It's actually really good. It's called Expeditiously. Uh, but the funny thing is that he like half the ads 
he just like straight up admits he has no idea if they work or not and he's never tried <laughs> them and he's like my staff tells me they're good like there's this one ad he does for blue chew which is like this male enhancement <laughs> supplement or whatever and he's like i don't have any problems Ooh. in this area i just want to point this out but if you guys do go ahead and use it <laughs> off brand off exactly. brand <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm just saying like i think like um you know if we figured out a way to make the money roll through this thing a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. hired some sort of a tech person to take care of that whole aspect or whatever. Sure. Yeah, you absolutely. Know. I'm just yeah, saying absolutely. at this late date, Bob, for us not to have sponsored ads and a Patreon set up, it, it just looks unprofessional at this point. I know you've got your journalistic standards and whatnot, but <laughs> <laughs> if we're not cashing in, what does that do to our credibility? I know, right? We're not cashing in enough, really. <laughs> but Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, Bob, we probably better start on this debate. I've got eight pages, but like it's kind of a small eight pages <laughs> compared cool. to last time. All right. So who we got? Who was in this debate? Well, OK, so this is the ABC, Apple News, WM, WM, WMUR, ABC, uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, St. Anselm College debate. I forget which number of this debate is. They've all melded into this nine. painful, painful slog that <laughs> never ends where they all say the same thing again and again <laughs> with some notable exceptions here and there. What have we done to ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this blasted demon hellscape was hosted by George Stephanopoulos, David Nyor, World News T Tonight, and Lindsay Davis from ABC News Live, as well as Monica Hernandez and Adam Sexton from WMUR, their local affiliate in New Hampshire, I suppose. Um, it features the candidates in an order that I couldn't understand at the time, which was number seven, Tom Steyer, number six, Amy Klobuchar, number five, Elizabeth Warren, number four, Joe Biden, number three, Bernie Sanders, number two, Pete Buttigieg, and number one, Andrew Yang. And I can't fathom what the uh, what the order is supposed to be right there. Because Andrew Yang yeah. was never in he, – he may have been in last place, but he was never in first place. Mm. Bernie Sanders in third place is just weird. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden in fourth place is also incongruous because, you know, by the time Bernie was above Biden, like I, Andrew Yang would not have been first. And I don't think Bernie was ever in like fifth place, which is what if you're if you're going the opposite direction. So, yeah, it's nonsensical as far as I can tell. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's let's jump into it here. Mm -hmm. um, and they the first question they they talked to Biden, and I don't know what they asked him, but he said the first words out of his mouth, God bless him, were, "I took a hit in Iowa, and I'll probably take a hit here." <laughs> Usually, it's the neighbor neighboring senators that do well, which was true for Sanders, not for Warren. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, lower. Do you ever watch Mad TV back in the day? Oh sure, yeah. You know the uh, Mad TV dating video dating channel lowered expectations lowered expectations yeah. <laughs> i took a hit in iowa and i'll probably take a hit here that's the first thing that was said by any of the candidates that night unbelievable <laughs> managing expectations managing. politicians got to do it i suppose absolutely um sanders says no no matter who wins this damn thing we're going to stand together to defeat trump uh, defeat Trump with large voter turnout. Okay, Bernie Sanders' new thing is saying damn every chance he can. Yep. Um, 
they asked if anybody has worries about a democratic socialist at the top of the ten- ticket and Klobuchar raised her hand and then she said some things that I I don't know. I wrote down some of the things she said later, but this one was not noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Tom Steyer said the real threat is Trump getting reelected. Uh, if you can't appeal to blacks and Latinos, then we can't beat Trump. Yang says capital is social capitalism and socialism as a as a dichotomy is out of date. Uh, um, there was a question for Warren about differences with Bernie, which she kind of parried, and then she started talking about an anti-corruption bill that will excite Republicans too. Mm-hmm. I don't know what planet she's living on. The, the Republicans love the corruption. They show no indication of you know of getting sick of it. Republicans mm-hmm. who didn't like it have already left the party, and they're supporting moderate candidates on the Democratic side, or at least threatening to stay out and vote nobody. And Buttigieg says a candidate will be divisive who says, if you don't go all the way to the edge, you don't count. We we mm-hmm. can't fall back on old politics. We need new. OK, so that's kind of the opening salvo from everybody. Um, the first question was about unifying the country. Biden says, how much is it going to cost? Who's going to pay for it? Uh, it's going to cost more than the entire federal budget we spend now. I busted my ass getting Obamacare passed. I know how hard it is getting every de- Democratic vote. Um, I don't know. That, I don't know if that's about unifying the country or how Sanders' economics won't work or something. But mm-hmm. I continue to be fascinated that Joe Biden doesn't call it the Affordable Care Act or the ACA. He keeps calling it Obamacare just because he wants to be linked Absolutely. with Obama at every Absolutely. possible, you know, even though at the time the respectful thing to do was to call it ACA, not Obamacare. The <laughs> yeah, everyone was like, whoa, whoa, that. whoa, don't call it that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now I even think it's like official. I've seen official documents, I feel like, that call it Obamacare. So, Or they at least have it in parentheses, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. I think it's a strategy for him, but it might be laziness or I don't know, something else for others. Um, Sanders talked about various things. I, you know, honestly, I didn't take detailed notes. Uh, Bernie Sanders is a person who I will say charitably stays on message, <laughs> which is, which is another way of saying that he says the same things again and again and again. And you hear them a million times. You could never memorize the numbers that he remembers, but when you start hearing him say them, you remember, you you know you know where he's going and you know what the point is. So, mm-hmm. um, Amy Klobuchar jumps in with some uh, an extended quote here. I keep listening to this debate, and it is not real. It is not real, Bernie, because two thirds of the Democrats in the Senate are not on your bill, and because it would kick 140 million Americans off their current health insurance in four years. <laughs> so disingenuous. Mm-hmm. And Pete, while you have a different plan, you sent out a tweet just a few years ago that said, henceforth, forthwith, indubitably, affirmatively, you are for Medicare for all, for the ages. kind of doubt that's what that said, but okay. <laughs> this is the first of many examples of uh, Amy Klobuchar hates Pete. <laughs> so. Yeah. Right, right. Which is becoming every people are commenting on it in the commentary at classes. Uh, yeah. And then she just says build on the ACA, build on the Affordable Care Act, basically. So 
Um, Elizabeth Warren says people can't afford to fill their prescriptions. Uh, and then she says as other things that she says, how about we start with what a president can do? I love saying this all by herself. Mm-hmm. And then she says, I'll defend the ACA. Okay. Um, then we have the first example of Pete Buttigieg's, uh, I don't know, platit- Pete's platitudes, we'll call them. Um, he says, a, a perspective that will allow us to leave the politics of the past in the past, turn the page, and bring change to Washington before it's too late, which is a line that I believe he will repeat in his closing statement when he's talking about education for children, um, mm-hmm. which was a disaster of a final question, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Biden said, the politics of the past, I think, were not all that bad. Violence Against Women Act, the recovery, which put millions and millions of dollars into this, into his city, uh, South Bend, before he came, helped save his city. Chemical weapons ban, arms control, same-sex marriage. So I don't know what about the past of Barack Obama and Joe Biden was so bad. What happened? What, what is the, what is it that he wants to do away with? We were just beginning. It was just the beginning. And. Buttigieg responds, those achievements met the moment, and now we have to meet this moment. We cannot solve the problems before us by looking back. We have to be ready to turn the page and change our politics before it's too late. Another Pete platitude. Yeah. Um, And Klobuchar says something where she winds up saying, and I figure, Pete, that 59, my age, is the new 38. She talks about her courage at the impeachment hearings, but but what you said, Pete, as you were campaigning through Iowa, uh, as three of us were jurors in that impeachment hearing, you said it was exhausting to watch and that you wanted to turn the channel and watch cartoons because it's popular to say and it makes you look like a cool newcomer. And I just I don't think that's what people want right now. We have a newcomer in the White House and look what it got us. Amy hates Pete, part yes, two. Exactly. Uh, Sanders gave his typical health care spiel. Um, he's going to take on insurance, take on the drug companies, which, you know, we've talked about it. We've heard it. We've said it before. It's probably right. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to write it down because it takes too long. <laughs> so, <laughs> at this point, don't take my um, abbreviations as per, as necessarily uh, dismissive. It's it's just a function of exhaustion at this point. <laughs> Tom Steyer said, um, "We are all better than Trump, and we're all better than the Republicans." It's uh, and they're going to say it's still the economy, stupid. Um, and he said, "I'm worried Buttigieg can't win against Trump due to inexperience." Uh, Pete Buttigieg says, "God does not belong to a political party." He says he's from the industrial Midwest. Andrew Yang said Trump is a symptom. Pete's wrong in his diagnosis. Uh, uh, He said these communities are seeing their way of life get blasted into smithereens. Which is quite a turn of phrase. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Page three. Um, question is investigating Trump the best way to unify the country. 
Elizabeth Warren said, no one is above the law. Reestablish rule of law in this country. People are losing faith in the government. Um, Andrew Yang said, the fact is, if you look around the world, the countries that have thrown past presidents into jail have generally been developing countries. And unfortunately, that's a pattern that once you establish is very, very hard to break. Uh, what's a more American tradition? We move the country forward. We don't focus on the mistakes of the leaders that are leaving office. We should not fall into a pattern that has been disastrous in other countries. And I disagree. Mm. I think like, I mean, yeah, you can throw up like third world banana Republic dictatorships and stuff, little tin pot things or whatever that, you know, consistently do this, but you can also look at South Korea, which is, you know, largely considered a pretty good example of a democracy in the modern, modern Mm -hmm. iteration. But, you know, the the two previous ex-presidents, like when I arrived in South Korea, well, Noh Moo-hyun killed himself after being prosecuted. His brother was being prosecuted by the conservative party after he left office. And since then, the, the president who was president for five years, Im Young-bak, was put in prison. At, well, both of the previous presidents are in jail right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Im Young-bak is in prison for bribery and corruption and stuff like that. His brother was running some company that was not good or... I don't know all the details, but he's in prison. I think they're going to let him out, although they recently sentenced, sentenced him to more time. But now they're saying they might pardon him or let him out early or something. And, mm-hmm. and Bakun Hay, the, the dictator's daughter from the 1960s and 70s, is also in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, but so you have what's called a functioning democracy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think anybody who doesn't want to throw everybody pretty much associated with the Trump administration into a prison after all this is over is not somebody that I can get behind. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. we, because we've been seeing this, like, look at Roger Stone. Mm-hmm. This guy has been doing his bullshit since what? 1970s, at least. Oh, yeah. Since the since the Nixon administration. For sure. And and he's just one example. There's all kinds of people, you know, neoconservatives that crawl out of the woodwork, you know, John Bolton. <laughs> yeah, the 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 uh, moral majority, all these mm-hmm. like all these people that pop up whenever there's a Republican administration. William Barr. <laughs> yeah, it's like. I don't know. There needs to be some accountability. or We're just going to do it again in another 48 to 12 years, you know. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, I would say one of the reasons we have the corruption we do is that after Watergate, you know, Ford pardoned Nixon, you know, there was no accountability there. It's like to heal the nation. And after after the Bush years, you know, Mm -hmm. Obama wanted to look forward, not not backward. Yep. Upward, not downward, and always (laughs) spiraling, 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 twirling. (laughs) I don't know how it went. (laughs) But you're talking about. No, you know, we. We can have a decent country and like and look, it, it we're already at the point where the Republicans are going to try to prosecute any president they can. That's a Democrat like they've, mm-hmm. they they wanted to impeach Barack Obama. They were disrespectful. They said he lied in public. They wanted to preemptively investigate and, and impeach Hillary Clinton. They were ready to do her on day one. Mm-hmm. They've still been saying lock her up even now after she's not even the president anymore. They're going after Joe Biden's son, Joe Biden himself, you know, they are already behaving like a third world dictatorship that wants to impeach and imprison any Democratic politician they can on trumped up charges with kangaroo courts. Mm -hmm. So 
Democrats not holding actual Republican criminals accountable is not what's saving America from becoming a Tim Pot third world banana republic dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And if they actually did what they were supposed to do, and if the media actually did its job and called a ball a ball and called a strike a strike and not said, well, you know, the Democrats threw Donald Trump in prison, but the Republicans also threw, you know, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Hillary Clinton was also accused of crime. So, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a wash. Who they can both, tell the yeah, difference? All, all sides do it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not just a you know it it's a it's a failure at every level of of society. It's right the uninformed voters' problem. It's the media's problem for not doing more to inform the voter. It's the politics politicians' problem for allowing it to get to this point. Mm-hmm. It's uh, in my country there is problem. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Hope it's not that problem. Bob says, don't finish that sentence. No, no let's just leave that right where it is. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't going to edit this out. I wasn't going to finish it that way. I'm saying there's a problem, and the problem is not like the way Borat – Do you have a solution to that problem, Job, or perhaps a final one? <laughs> Throw the Trump in the jail so my country can be free. I don't I, – I, you know, if we were like more like Chapo Trap House, we would have like a good like ditty planned out for this, and we would actually oh, finish it. But yeah. we're kind of kind of mad living here. <laughs> oh boy. So, anyways, so I, I actually disagree with Yang there. I think the fact that we don't hold criminal Republican presidents accountable ever, mm-hmm. and and you can say you know every every you know every president does things that are sometimes borderline, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's not great when Obama like, uh, drone strikes, uh, uh, the child of a terrorist or something somewhere who was an American citizen, actually. I mean, it's, it's controversial, but let's keep it real. That's not what the Republicans would ever impeach him for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's also keep it real. That's not something that's going to lead to the end of democracy in America necessarily either. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Whereas the things that Donald Trump does on a daily basis, like today, I think I saw a headline a bit ago that he's asking the two liberal uh, uh, Supreme Court justices not to ha- be able yeah. to recuse themselves from his cases. Right. Which laugh, is, laugh, laugh. I can't tell if he's joking or if he actually thinks that that's like a legitimate argument to be making. It's, uh, it's it, all like trial balloons to see what people say. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sotomayor, she like called out the Republican judges or something the other day. And it's a sad thing. We have to say the, the, the left wing or liberal judges and the Republican judges, but that's what they are. We know it. Everybody knows it. It's a it's a failed institution at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. OK, Bernie Sanders said, hey, Congress, you want to investigate me? Don't be ridiculous. Who cares about the Congress? Who cares about the separation of powers? Who cares about the Constitution? I should say he was doing this in Trump's voice. This is not what Bernie Sanders is saying about himself. I, I should have stated that up front. <laughs> See, he really is like Castro, Republicans are going to say. Oh, boy. He said it right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Steyer shared an interesting tidbit that his father actually prosecuted Nazi war criminals. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that the impeachment in the Senate was a sham trial, no witnesses, and a cover-up. 
Um, it doesn't matter anymore that Trump's a crook and he's always been a crook and he always will be a crook. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is he a crook? I knew that two years ago. Is he going to be more of a crook now that he believes he can get away with anything? Of course he is. Um, there was a question. Um, next question was for Buttigieg. Is there a danger of nominating a candidate who is still under the threat of investigation, meaning Biden? Pete Buttigieg says no. Uh, Joe Biden got angry. Donald Trump should have been pinning a medal on Colonel Vindman and not on Rush Limbaugh. Stand up and clap for Vindman. Get up there. That's who we are. We are not what Trump is. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he had his moment, got the audience, you know, to everybody put your hands in the air. Wave them like you actually do care very much about democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Good save. <laughs> okay. Um, next question was, Clinton says Sanders is unpopular. Can he get support in the Senate? And at this point, to Biden's credit, he comes over and gives Bug- Bernie a hug. So I guess he's saying, you know, hey, I like you, Bernie, or something. I don't know. Yeah, I saw that. Or maybe he just maybe he just wants to bask in the glow of the most popular politician in the United States. And, you know, um, Klobuchar says, I like Bernie just fine. We actually have worked together on a lot of things. We actually had a vote late at night one time. Klobuchar Sanders amendment. And Bernie Sanders interjects. I thought it was Sanders Klobuchar amendment. And no. <laughs> And she says, nope, 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 no. And we got 14 Republican votes. They might not have noticed what was happening late at night. (laughs) And then, which is a story she told at the last debate, I think. Yes, I remember And I think she told it better last time, so. Yeah. And then she says, I got three major New Hampshire newspaper endorsements and the the New York Times, along with uh, Elizabeth Warren. And Bernie Sanders says, I must confess that I don't get too many newspaper ed- I don't get too many newspaper editorial support. And grammatical incorrect incorrect part is his. So and she said, Well, you got this one newspaper. He's like, Yeah, we did. We're proud of it. <laughs> but I don't know. Bernie's got kind of like a fun banter with people. He's like, he's like, it's the it's the Klobuchar Sanders amendment. He's like, isn't it the Sanders Klobuchar amendment? No, no. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> getting hugs from Biden. It's like, even when people are fighting with him, you know, they, it's pretty clear that they don't hate the guy. I mean, right. exactly. he's, he's a pretty hard guy to hate. Although Republicans will work themselves up to it by 20, by the end, by the election time. Right. Exactly. Um, the next question, would you, are you ready to lead on day one, <laughs> which was the question, but then the actual question seemed to be, would you kill Suleiman, the Iranian general who was, Soleimani, you know, right. Yeah. Soleimani who was drone striked in, in Iraq on the way to the airport. Buddha just says killing Soleimani didn't make us safer. This is not an episode of 24. Um, Joe Biden said on the Al-Assad airbase strike by Iran, the missile strike. I don't know what I would have done if my son was still there. I would have been so damn angry. I don't know what I would have done. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, I remember that part. I was like, calm down, Joe. <laughs> yeah, he's, I think he's going for the kind of like the, the what is the, the Nixon had the uh, the mad, mad king strategy or something. Or what was it? The uh, oh, the uh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. It's the mad. Yeah, whatever. Mad God. emperor. I don't know. Mad no, yeah, the, the yeah, the. 
I know this word. I just I'm not thinking of it right now. It's been a it, the week is early. It's only a Tuesday right now, but it's already been a busy. the mad the madman theory. The madman theory. There you go. Okay, so I think you know <laughs> Joe Biden's like I'm. I don't know. I might have bumbled us into a war with Iran. I don't know. I'd like to hear what the soldiers who are on that base say. You know, they're, they're the people we haven't heard of, heard from. And, yeah. you know, they've got traumatic brain injury. Donald Trump called it a, a headache. It's not. Um, it's disgraceful. Yeah. And yet, you know, with Donald well, Trump having pulled troops out of Syria, causing, you know, shame on our troops who were withdrawing at the time. Um, and then, you know, assassinating a, a person who was, by all accounts, seems to have been a, a bad guy, a guy who's... Uh, goals in the in the region were not aligned with ours and who uh took deadly action against american soldiers to uh further his own goals um you know at the same time we had to respect we had to expect some response for assassinating him <laughs> mm-hmm. which and i don't know 115 people getting traumatic brain injury you know i hear people complaining about it and i understand it but what would you what would you have the president do? Would you have the president start a war with Iran over it? I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. Donald Trump put us in a position where we assassinated somebody. That was the response. And we can't respond. I mean, what can we do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's a sad situation. I think like my own mom had a traumatic brain injury after a car accident, you know, mm-hmm. over a decade ago. I know it's mm-hmm. serious stuff, so I'm not trying to make mm-hmm. light of it, but. I'd like to hear from the soldiers on that base. You know, what what do they think we should do? Mm-hmm. Would they have us go to war over that? Would they say, you know, this was proportional response? I, I don't think they would. But I mean, like, you know, it's we, we've been put in a stupid situation by this president again mm-hmm. and other people pay the consequence. And <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just like he wants to be seen as tough. Without actually having to suffer any of the consequences of being tough, so. Well, anyway, sorry, my uh, my alarm reminder came on that I need to go to bed in like an hour or something. Okay, well, I got to get going to work in about an hour, so that'll be good. <laughs> All right, well, we're on page four, Bob. We're making good time here. Okay, cool. Um, they Bernie Sanders said, "You cannot go around saying you're a bad guy. We're going to assassinate you," and he advocated strengthening the State Department. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next question involved Afghanistan. Elizabeth Warren talked about bringing the combat troops home. And when they followed up, thank God, actually, that these uh, these debate hosts actually did a couple. There were two or three instances where they actually did follow ups when people were trying to be evasive. And they said, now, you said combat troops. Like, what about special forces and stuff? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Elizabeth Warren kind of pivoted and did some different things, and I didn't really understand her. I think the the message is, yes, she wants to leave special forces there. I think that's the the message. Mm-hmm. But it, it was, you know, there's a lot of other stuff there. It took a lot to get to that, yeah. And then Joe Biden was next, and he said, I'm not sure what Warren is asking for exactly. He said, we pulled out special forces in Syria, and look what Erdogan did in mm-hmm. Turkey. And, you know, this is not a direct quote. You'll have to drop the audio in. He said, there's no possibility of uniting that country, Afghanistan. He said, counterterrorism should be the only objective, not nation building. Uh, I made a mistake. I said it 14 years ago. I trusted George Bush to keep his word. And 
Buttigieg says, Biden made the wrong decision in foreign policy on Iraq. And that's okay. That's when he said, I made a mistake. I said it 14 years ago. I trusted George W. Bush to keep his word. Uh, NATO is at risk under Trump. Tom Steyer said the military industrial complex leads to world police attitude and we're ignoring climate change. Um, diplomacy and allies are needed. Uh, uh, gosh. Um, okay, I don't understand. He said there's 20 years of failed military action and something about how we should continue it or something now oh and now we should continue it or something i think you might have been asking a question there i don't know if you drop the audio in it'll be more clear sorry my mm. note taking is at times not beautiful <laughs> um bernie sanders says i listened very carefully to the bush administration and i concluded that they were lying through their teeth and he said let me just pick up on a point that tom made which is absolutely right and he talked about climate change is a global issue you can't just build a wall there was a break, mercifully. Um, and then it came time for questions on the minds of New Hampshire voters. I wonder when they'll ask what questions are on the mind of Indiana voters. <laughs> Never 100 hours. <laughs> it must be nice being one of these early states getting catered to this way. So sick of Iowa being first. What do they got? I don't think they will be much longer. I no, think I think this had is the death now. Yeah. Trying to make 80-year-old farmers use an app in your high school gyms while you try to coax the Andrew Yang supporters over to the Joe Biden side. Like, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing over there? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it is ironic that, like, I don't know. There, there's always a question in any situation of whether it was stupidity or incompetence. I, or, sorry, not – those are the same thing, basically, whether it was, you know – corruption or incompetence and in this case i think there's a i don't know it could go either way i think there's a lot of suspicious stuff about the way they were trying to prop up Buttigieg, and you know when they realized that biden was falling you know falling flat on his face in fourth place there they may have thought that there was something wrong when there may not have you know the app whatever uh, incorrectly reported results from certain places where you know Bernie supporters were being listed as who is that guy who's also in the race from somewhere out east? Uh, I don't even know his name. I've never seen him on a debate stage. I mean, it, I I might know his name at times. I just don't know it right now. Wait, but sorry, they, who, they who incorrectly that reported, huh? Who, who are you trying to think of? I don't. I can't. The African American guy. I can't think of his name. All right, anyway, go on. Okay. Anyways, they incorrectly reported. Bernie's results in one or two like areas there, one or two caucuses or something, as this other guy's re results. When this mm. other guy had zero votes in that district, he had mm. nothing out there, which mm. is pretty much what he had across the state. But it's like, right. you know, there were just so many, so many, so many mistakes that night in Iowa, and they all seemed to redound to the benefit of of Pete. Mm -hmm. So, um. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah, enough about, um, I guess enough about Iowa. But, but the ironic thing is that they, if you if you subscribe to the view that uh, this was intentional and corrupt and not stupid, mm -hmm. or not, you know, 
unintentional and stupid. I think it could be corrupt and still stupid. <laughs> the, the fact is that they may have torpedoed their own exclusive right to go first as the first caucus in the, in the country just to torpedo Bernie this time. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of funny because it looks like Bernie – at this point, Bernie's looking really good anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. I saw somebody going back to Bernie winning uh, after he won – uh, the third for the third time in Nevada, I saw somebody being like, uh, oh, "It's hard to see how Bernie comes back from this, <laughs> you know, because it's like the big, <laughs> all the people are like, yeah, he's he's winning, but can he keep winning? Like people like him, but do they really like him? It's like, come on, just, <laughs> 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 it's it's gonna be, I'm I'm excited, like, I mean, to the degree that a show like Morning Joe or something even still exists under a Bernie Sanders, you know. <laughs> presidency um Uh, chris matthews will have already been long dead in the middle of you know central park in new york city at this point but uh, (laughs) you know to the degree that mika is this when he's lined uh, up or still whatever is that was you who's worried about right he was worried about yeah he apologized for comparing bernie's momentum to the nazis taking over france in 1940 (laughs) but baby steps baby steps chris um but to the degree that like show like Morning Joe would even still be broadcasting under a, a, a under a Sanders presidency, <laughs> and knowing that these people are all such suck ups to power at, at most of the time, like I mean, like I wonder how they'll treat Bernie. Like, no, oh, Bernie, we always believed in you. We always knew you could do it. And I mean, they've they've been on every side of everything, so they can always point to some some week in certain primary or t- in 2016 where they thought he had some momentum or something. But mm-hmm. you know, they spend like. 85% of their time on air, you know, talking about how he can't win and he won't win and it would be bad for America and America's not ready. So when he's like been the president for a year or two, you know, and his surrogates come on, I mean, I wonder how deferential they'll be. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's see. Okay, so sorry, there was a break, which we also just took a bit of a break. Questions on the minds of New Hampshire's voters. Opioids. <clears throat> um, they said Buttigieg wants to decriminalize all drugs. No incarceration. Irresponsible companies were sued in South Bend, apparently under him. He said it's a medical issue, not a moral failure. Andrew Yang said decriminalize op- opioids. Mandatory treatment centers for three days. Take back profits from drug companies to create more treatment beds. Uh Money always beats people in this country. Uh, Amy Klobuchar has a tough on crime record as a prosecutor, which she muddled through some explanation for. Um, Gun rights. okay, gun rights was the next question. Bernie Sanders talked about his D minus voting record from the NRA, but he says he came from a rural state. The world has changed. I I represented the view of my state, perhaps more than my own or something. I don't know. You know, he he has been out of step with most Democrats on guns in the past. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, no way around that. So. Mm -hmm. But. I don't know. If you accept that he was really just representing his voters views. I mean, um, you know, something like 90 percent of Americans want some sort of, uh, you know, reasonable gun regulation these days so he may just represent that view at that point Mm -hmm. as a president then 
Oh, let's see. Joe Biden attacked Bernie on this and he said he talked about, I, you know, I got the assault weapons ban, the Brady bill. Bernie voted against it five times. And and then he kept talking and then finally said, and lastly, my time is going to be up shortly. Here's the deal. The CEOs of those drug companies, they should not only be fired, they should go to jail. So it's like the topic is guns now, but he's going back to drugs and stuff. And he's already <laughs> prefacing it by saying, like, my time's almost up. So, you know, moderator, just be ready to give me a nice, easy landing here. I'm going to finish early. <laughs> and, oh, well, I'm cut. Um, my time's up, as, as Joe Biden might say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's he's got another another incident or two like that later in the debate. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth Warren said there are lots of different gun issues. She goes through a bunch of them, talks about corruption in Washington. Ninety percent of Americans agree. Roll back the filibuster, or gun industry will continue to have a veto. Which, again, frankly, is one of the areas where I think. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is right and Bernie Sanders is actually wrong. It's like I, I do think they need to get rid of the veto. I don't see what good it does to have in, Wait, in the least. Get rid of the filibuster, you mean? Yeah, the, the, the filibuster. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. the in the least democratic institution of government, aside from the Supreme Court perhaps, mm-hmm. to allow them to have the veto. A place where Democrats are disadvantaged due to the, to the number of states with small population that get – you know, there are two senators every time. It's like, yeah, I think we need mm-hmm. to get rid of the, the filibuster. Mm-hmm. Um, they went back to ABC. So the opioid question from the from the New Hampshire people was done. So they went back to the ABC hosts and the Supreme Court was the next question. Um, Joe Biden talked about. Uh, unenunciated or unenumerated rights are in the Constitution. Uh, So, oh, by the way, when they say Supreme Court, what they mean is uh, abortion rights, right to choose. Mm -hmm. So Joe Biden said, for example, that abortion is an unenumerated right in the Ninth Amendment of the Constitution, uh, protecting the right to choose. They asked, would you give a litmus test? And he's a little bit iffy on a litmus test for Supreme Court, but mm-hmm. I think he said the litmus test would be, do they think that there are unenumerated rights in the Constitution, which is, I assume this is one of those debate points about unenumerated rights versus like uh, the strict interpretation of whatever the Constitution that the the uh, Republicans claim to take sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um. Elizabeth Warren said states, Supreme Courts are heading toward outright banning abortions, state mm-hmm. courts and Supreme Courts. Uh, but she says put abortion into law. I think codify it. Amy Klobuchar, judges should respect – she would appoint judges that respect the precedent, uh, put it into law. Trump said that he wanted to put women into jail. Then he dialed it back and said I want to put doctors into jail. These are all true things that he said. Mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg talked about enlarging the Supreme Court, being ready, be ready for a constitutional amendment against Citizens United, which would be a good thing. Uh, Joe Biden said only public money should be spent in elections. Okay, sounds good, but you're not doing that. Nobody, most people are not, I suppose. Um, He talked about retaking the Senate. He said he's the best the best presidential candidate to carry senators on his coattails, basically in North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Pennsylvania, and Minnesota, I think. 
other candidates raised their hands saying maybe that they could also carry those states in the Senate or that they wanted to respond to him. Uh, Bernie Sanders says yes to a litmus test and codify Roe versus Wade or codify abortion as a as a right. Um, expand Planned Parenthood funding. Uh, Tom Steyer said when it comes to the Supreme Court, Republicans have been cheating. Everybody here agrees on Roe versus Wade and gun control. And I think that was a true thing. I think like part of the frustration is that it's supposed to be a debate, but people are really just kind of throwing out facts that mm-hmm. are true facts and nobody on the stage disagrees with them and nobody's going to counteract you saying them. But when it's their turn, they're just going to spout out some other random facts, which are also, I'm sure, very true. But I don't know. I just I, I didn't feel like taking a lot of notes on that because it's just it's factoids. They're true, but it's like it's not a debate per se. It's not. Well, those are more things that you want somebody to say in a general election debate as opposed to a primary debate, because it's not really, you know, it's it, nobody's going to disagree with each other on this, these points now. So, yeah, the Republicans will actually disagree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and that'll, you know, but yeah, it's but it's like, um, yeah, definitely. I I hope I hope that uh, President Trump su- uh, submits to the uh debate with Doubt, the doubtful. democratic nominee doubtful. depending on who that nominee is yeah. but uh yeah it'll be interesting to see how these things get litigated there between the two of them uh who yeah. are, whoever it ends up being yeah but i don't know i, don't know. I feel like his it, physical and mental state won't allow him to stand on the debate stage with somebody for that long by the time we get there so yeah no and he i mean he, and he doesn't know the issues and he doesn't know the facts and he's mm-hmm. you know but i mean it's it, it would just be entertaining to watch we always you know hillary clinton beats trump in debates he paces around the stage like a psychopath, huffing and puffing <laughs> like he's on drugs of some sort. Just like he's but, a uh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. You mean you mean eyes aren't supposed to be that dilated naturally? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, John McCain and John Kerry, or sorry, no, John Kerry and uh, you know, John Kerry and uh, W. Yeah, John Kerry beats W, and uh, you know. What's his name? Uh, Al Gore beats W, but it doesn't matter. I mean, Democrats are always beating Republicans at debates, but, you know, it doesn't matter. (laughs) We've got a media, an electorate, and a political process that, you know, systematically, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like when you're playing a racing game or something, and there's kind of like a rubber banding effect that takes place. Like, whenever you're out ahead of all the other cars, they rubber band so that the cars that you just, like, knocked out of the like the off the track a few seconds ago suddenly they're like right on your tail again and stuff it's just kind of like that mm-hmm. if that makes any sense yes um hmm. all right our next topic was oh god i lost my place Sorry, Bob. I'm just I'm being, I'm exhausted this week. <laughs> Criminal justice. Um, okay, Pete Buttigieg says African Americans were okay. Wait, the question was something like African Americans were four times more likely to be arrested 
for marijuana in South Bend, which was out of step with the rest of the state of Indiana, which is surprising to me. Mm-hmm. The rest of Indiana doesn't have any African Americans, so. <laughs> what do you um, mean? Some of my best friends. <laughs> okay. I mean, I um, I know some. <laughs> well, and this this is actually a question where they did the setup that was you know they challenged him, and then he kind of like tried to you know bullshit his way through the answer, and they 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 followed up with him two or three times. It was like, okay, yeah, come on, get it. And he said, you know the the arrests of African-Americans decreased or something like, no, 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 actually, Mr. Brunovich, they increased under your, under your leadership. And un, uh, until like the present time or until you left office, they were still increased. <laughs> and he, you know, blah, blah, blah. He said a whole bunch of other stuff after that to kind of, you know, muddy the waters. And then he talked about legalizing marijuana, which was the thing the marijuana arrest had gone up under him, but now he's like, we should legalize it. And expunge past convictions the questioner asks again they correct him again blah 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 it goes on um they said elizabeth warren do you think that was a substantial answer from pete Buttigieg?" and she says no it was not or something and then she says we need race con race conscious laws housing employment education and entrepreneurship and then andrew yang said you can't regulate away racism with race specific laws hmm um, Tom Steyer is for reparations to the African-American community. Um, and then he went directly after Joe Biden, which was weird and interesting. And I don't even know what was going on. He said, Dick, Dick Harpoolian on Joe Biden's South Carolina staff disparaged someone on my staff racially. Yeah, I remember that part. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. Like, honestly, if I'd had, you know, another day, I probably would have looked into it a little bit to see what exactly had happened. But. But he was kind of going hard. I mean, he, you know, he needs Joe Biden to stumble. I think I think Tom Steyer's numbers in South Carolina, like we said earlier, may be going up. And I think he really needs he really needs uh, he really needs. Uh, oh God, sorry. <laughs> he really needs Biden to stumble in South Carolina because mm-hmm. some part of that will re- redound to him. So. Redound is a word, right? Redound? I think so, isn't it? I know renowned. I don't know redound. How would you Actually, spell it? R-E-D-O-U-N-D. O-U-N-D. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a word. Redound. Contribute greatly to a person's credit or honor. Or, okay. Yeah, that's the formal version. There's an archaic version that says "come back upon" or "rebound on," but the that's more that's kind of that's yeah. the one I mean. Okay. Yeah. Like well, that's a, the, that's a more that's a more that... the more biblical one you're going with. <laughs> See, Bob, once again, I know words that I I'm not even sure I know I know. Exactly. I, I know the uh, the archaic forms even too. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> this is why you have me on the podcast. I know, right? Okay. So yeah, so the you know the boats that some of the boats that Biden loses would redound to Steyer in South Carolina. I think that's what he's thinking right here. Mm-hmm. So he you know you disparaged someone on my staff racially, or one of your people did in South Carolina. And he said, "Join me in condemning it." Uh, this is not about polls. And, or wait, like, and Joe Biden says, I, I have more black support than anyone, meaning Steyer. So join me. And he says, and so this is not about polls. And then 
honestly, I don't know what Bernie Sanders was thinking here because he pushed his way into the conversation at this point. I'm like, no, Bernie, no, let them fucking fight it out right now. He's trying to cripple Biden for you, Bernie. Let him do it. <laughs> you know, and if the if the if it backfires, guess what? It's no skin off your stiff upper lip. So. <laughs> so Bernie jumps in. And he said, I agree with Elizabeth Warren when she talked about, you know, race conscious laws, housing, employment, education and entrepreneurship or something I'm like Bernie. Let let Tom Steyer try to kneecap Biden for you right here. Just let him do it. You really need the state here to to cement things. Do we not remember Marco Rubio and Chris Christie back in the Republican debates? Neither one of them was going to win, but you got to let one take out the other, man. Just stay out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like in battlegrounds when two people are fighting each other. You want to get more kills for yourself, but you're better off to probably just stay quiet and let them finish each other off and then come mm -hmm. in at the end rather than making any noise. I don't know. Exactly. Usually. Um, so we talked about job. Let's see. Jobs and education, not jails and incarceration in the war on drugs in private prisons. And then Steyer tried to interject on him. He said, Bernie, I appreciate what you're saying. And Bernie said, and excuse me, most people don't know this. And and he's talking about and other things. And I'm like, Bernie, why are you getting uppity here with Tom Steyer? He's freaking helping you here. Let him finish his his Biden attack. Don't don't do this. <laughs> and he talked about ending cash bail. Um, and then Tom Steyer got a chance again. He said, I've worked on to end cash bail, private prisons in California, and they're gone. But, Joe, I want to I want your answer. I think you should come over and disavow the statements that this man made because they were openly racist. Join us and do the right thing. And Biden said, I've already spoken to Carpulian, Carpulian. I don't know who this Harpunian, Carpulian. I don't know what the guy's name was. I heard different pronunciations of it. Uh -huh. I feel like I've heard it before. It sounds vaguely Greek, uh -huh. although I may be wrong. See, I've already, I've already spoken to Carpulian and he is, uh, was, uh, is, I believe, uh, sorry for what he said and blah, 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 other stuff back to race, race relations, boilerplate stuff that everybody's saying. Uh, he said we should, then he had a really funny line. He said, we should have no one going to jail for a drug offense. They go directly mandatory prison. I mean, excuse me, yeah. mandatory treatment, not prison. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> old 1980s 1990s tough on crime joe biden just reared his ugly head again <laughs> inadvertently i suppose you gotta you gotta drop that sound in there i uh, will then there was more and more blah 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 um there was some criticism for nina turner for criticizing joe biden on race and then they confronted sanders about it and he kind of halfway walked it back and said he thought, thought nina turner was Criticizing Joe Biden on race that was mostly talking about his earlier actions, but no, he's my friend. There's that senatorial chapmanship or whatever. Uh, again, um, Amy Klobuchar talked about uh, black voting rights. Somebody said Vice President Biden and then Senator Warren. And at this point, Biden was shocked. He said, uh, beg your pardon. He had real panic in his eyes because he's already been talking about race. 
mm-hmm. but for some reason ABC came back to him. They wanted to give him another chance to talk about race here, and he was like clearly not prepared. He's like, I already said everything I had to say about it. What do you, what do you mean you're going to come back to me? Mm-hmm. It looked like, and they said, um, so he said, Vice President Biden and then Senator Warren. Uh, beg your pardon. And they said, I just wanted to give you a chance to respond. And it's like, uh, Amy Klobuchar wasn't attacking you. Like, why do you get a chance to respond? I guess, I mean, they're skipping back over, back over Amy Klobuchar, back to whatever Bernie Sanders had said, which was somewhat conciliatory anyways. Uh, it was really confusing. And he said, ah, yes, uh, I agree completely. And there should be automatic registration. And he was speaking really rushedly at this point, like he just was trying to get through some kind of more boilerplate answer there and then just continue talking. Um, Elizabeth Warren talked about, don't forget about blacks after the elections. Okay. Huh. Tom Steyer said, set up a formal commission on race to retell the story of the past 400 years on race. Out of narrative comes policy. Pretending we're all the same is not accurate. Okay, somewhere a white supremacist just got his wings. (laughs) 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 And Andrew Andrew Yang said, there is no way we can prevent this tsunami from wiping out African-Americans' net worth. Um, Unless we put straight cash into their hands sometime between now and 2053, which I think is Andrew Yang's way of telling us that he's going to continue to run for president until 2053 if he doesn't win this time. He's going to get it one of these times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was so that was that. Um, page seven. OK, why are you better positioned to beat Trump than Bloomberg? Uh, Elizabeth Warren said you can't buy the nomination for president. I don't think billionaires ought to be able to do it. And I don't think people who suck up to billionaires ought to be able to do it, which was a clear shot at Pete Buttigieg and his wine cave shenanigans. Um, Then she says, everyone on this stage except me, Amy and me is either a billionaire or is receiving help from PACs. And this is, this is kind of the continuation of that thing where uh, Elizabeth Warren has been partnering like sidling up next to Amy Klobuchar because they're both women in the campaign or something, which is, uh, I don't, I, I don't understand it, I guess. I don't get it either. I, Maybe it's because like, I'm not a woman, but it doesn't, I don't understand it. They don't represent this. I mean, they're both Democrats. Don't get me wrong. They believe a lot of the same things, but they're two separate lanes of this primary. Yeah. Like they don't like have the same vision for America. Like, economically at all so mm-hmm. you know i, I don't know it's like it's, it's, it makes as much sense as the men banding together to me but yeah which of course they can't and will never right. do absolutely but, yeah but it's like yeah I'm, I'm i'm i don't like it i don't get it and fortunately in the debate that followed this one which we'll have to get to again shortly i yes. think she kind of walked that back and she did some pretty hard attacks on amy and amy looked like shell shock like what, what what are you doing I, I thought we were taking it easy on each other here Elizabeth or something. So, so I don't know what this play was. I don't know. I think, I think she tried to go full woke and, you know, to paraphrase Tropic Thunder, you never go full woke, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bernie's a sexist and now Amy's my best friend. Mm-hmm. What is this? Yeah. So yeah, well, that have, was another have, worrying trend. Have fun eating salad with the 
comb Elizabeth Warren <laughs> with your new best friend. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can throw staplers at people together. <laughs> then we can all be equal. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, um, let's see. Tom Steyer talking about um, African-American issues. Set, oh, wait. No, no, no. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Where am I at? Oh, this is a new page. edit that okay that was halfway down the page here on climate change and jobs but he switched it back this is so confusing okay bob please edit this section this is getting mixed up okay okay so anyways elizabeth warren yeah everyone on the stage except amy and me is a billionaire or is receiving help from PACs. amy klobuchar says i can't stand the big money in politics and then she talked about my grandfather was poor and he was working in the coal mines and then my dad was a alcoholic teacher or something as as if okay and and this is the point where if you imagine that bernie sanders had never happened in 2016 and the issue of money and democratic primaries had never come up because of him as if amy klobuchar would be complaining about this in 2020 you know as if she would even be complaining about this like she doesn't personally care about money in politics i i'm she is a centrist democrat she would be totally happy to accept any money from anybody if it weren't a populist issue at this point right <laughs> yes i don't know i i think that's the case but yes but you know be, but because because amy klobuchar you know people were trying to make it happen it wasn't going to ever happen and nobody's giving her any money. It's very easy to complain about we should get money out of politics when nobody's giving you any money, right? It's like <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, the last of, wine cave you went to, Amy Klobuchar, <laughs> you never yeah. even got the invite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but if she's still in by the time they get out to California and she's campaigning out there, so y'all got any of them wine caves I keep hearing about? Amy Klobuchar, you don't even know how to behave around a wine cave. You don't even know (laughs) what to do. (laughs) Yeah, probably doesn't know how to act there. Wine cave etiquette. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Got to stick out your pinky when you drink the wine, I imagine. Absolutely. Something like that. Something like that. Um. So, anyways, yeah, Amy and Warren are continuing their, their kind of their girl power saga here, which. Mm-hmm. Frankly, some Warren voters, I think I'm I'm entirely convinced that that's just the entire appeal. That's exactly what it comes. It, it's not about policy. Yep. It's not about this or that. Yep. You can tell them like things that, you know, you can tell them things that Bernie supports. And they're like, well, I think that might be going too far. But Warren supports it, too. And they're like, well, she's got a point, you know, and it's like it's the same issue. It's different candidates. The only difference is one's a man and one's a woman. You support it when it's a woman, but then you want to rebound. Then you want to redound to Amy Klobuchar if it's not Warren. It's, it's not about the freaking issues with you people. It's it's you know it's fucking identity politics run amok. You yeah, know. No, I, yeah, I've seen I've seen people online like uh, belly aching about how she's not Elizabeth Warren isn't doing better. It's like this is just so triggering for me. 
as a person, as a woman, and it's like, okay, well, get out there and make her win. Then I don't know what to tell you. This is the this is the, this is the race, man. I don't know. Like, yeah. This is I I want her to win too. You know that would be nice, but it's like you know numbers are numbers, facts don't lie. You know it's like check yeah. the scoreboard. You know this is this is the point, Bob. If we were a different kind of podcast, I'd like to drop in a quote, which I think I've mentioned before from uh from uh. Mad Men, where like at one point they like they're they're saying to this guy because he just lost an account with some you know client or something from the you know whatever their mm-hmm. advertising agency was, and they said you know 99% of the time in this business it just comes down to like they they like you they like you or they don't like you or they I, mm-hmm. I like this guy or I don't like this guy or something. Mm-hmm. It's like that's what it comes down to. This is a popularity contest. If your candidate's not popular, that's a sad story. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Don't bellyache to me about it. It's like, make her more popular. Find yeah, a way exactly. to make her more popular. Don't try to browbeat <laughs> Sanders supporters and that they're sexist or something because they don't love your candidate because she's been fickle on the issues in some cases. And she, you know, she's done what she's done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's all maddening. And the, and the thing is, it's political malpractice this late in the primary mm-hmm. to be trying to prop up somebody who so obviously has terrible political instincts yeah you know it's 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 political malpractice and it's fucking dangerous for the country at this point well and we're not going to get you know when the general election comes out you're not going to get any help against trump he's going to do what he does so you better be ready for that you know and the media is going to do what they do yeah yeah well they're going to flatten everything and both sides it so you can't you got to be ready for that you know yeah everybody complains these days oh it's not fair you know kids these days they play sports and everybody gets an award whether they win or they lose it's and and i think that these kind of complaints are really overblown of course i don't have kids in sports or whatever so maybe i've just never seen it maybe it really is upsetting or something i don't know but it's a bunch of snowflakes complaining about that and then you've got people who think that like you know because some of the female candidates are being graded on a curve in the Democratic primary, that the same thing's going to, uh, you know, play out when they're in the general election against this rampant misogynist, sexist Donald Trump. It's like, mm-hmm. no, we already saw in 2016 that's not going to happen. So don't, you know, we have to we have to operate in the political world um, in regards to how it actually exists, not how you'd prefer it to exist. You know, yeah, right. And everybody does, and mm-hmm. so. I don't know. It's so frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. But, I mean, you know, fortunately, you know, the cream's rising to the top. Other things are sifting down. And I think it's, you know, unless unless the Democratic Party somehow manages to kneecap Bernie before Super Tuesday or by the convention, at least. I mean, you know, it may be that these are things that they're going to have to complain about, but as long as they don't pull a Puma move or something in 2020, <laughs> you know, wait, what, what was Puma? Out. Huh? What was Puma? Party unity, my ass. Clinton oh yeah. Right, right, right. 2008. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now I'm over oh, Obama. Yeah. Goodness gracious. So, so again, you know, all the Bernie bro attacks and, Oh, they voted for Trump and they didn't vote for, you know, we've been over it and over it. Um, you know, the record on that is pretty clear that Clinton supporters are less likely to support some somebody who's not a preferred candidate in the primary uh, rather than redounding to the Republican candidate. I love this new word. I'm going to use it often. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I can already hear you sprinkling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, this is Bob. They say if you repeat a word seven times, you'll never forget it. But those people have never studied Korean. <laughs> so <laughs> that's an epigraph right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, anyways, um, let's see. Um, Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bernie Sanders said um, overturn Citizens United, move to pump public funding of elections. OK. Pete Buttigieg says, as the only person on this stage who is not a millionaire or a billionaire, <laughs> jump, 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 et cetera. OK. Um, and then there's another uh, Pete platitude here where he says this is a time for addition, not rejection, belonging, not exclusion. Wow. <laughs> I think it might have been after this debate that the Pete Buttigieg meme generator was established on the internet somewhere where it like randomly spouts out some inspirational pablum <laughs> with Pete's face grinning all over it. So um, next topic was climate change and jobs, which is the final topic before they went to the final question. Um Let's see. Uh, they talked about the uh, Trump's NAFTA replacement thing. Um, and, you know, were were the senators from New Hampshire wrong to support Trump's NAFTA, which is ooh, that's an interesting attack because they're basically asking all the candidates, hey, we're in New Hampshire right now. And both of the senators from New Hampshire voted to support Trump's NAFTA replacement. But some of you don't agree. So are you going to get on stage here in New Hampshire? And, you know, call the senators from New Hampshire idiots. And Bernie Sanders says, yes, the senators from New Hampshire were wrong to support Trump's NAFTA. Uh, hmm. And then he kind of hedged it. Hmm. I mean, it's a disagreement. Uh, it's bad for the environment, bad for jobs, et cetera. OK. Amy Klobuchar said she voted yes. And she says, well, first off, I wanted to defend the honor of the incredible two senators from New Hampshire, Jean Shaheen and Maggie Hassan. Local shout out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Amy Klobuchar, congratulations. You said you, you pandered to the New Hampshire voters, and what did that get you in New Hampshire? <laughs> and what did that? Maybe, maybe and, fifth place. <laughs> yeah, and Bernie Sanders telling the two senators from New Hampshire to politely go fuck themselves. What did that get him? First place, motherfucker. <laughs> so it's like the political rules of gravity don't apply here anymore. To this oh, guy. No. I know exactly. Well, and, it's like, and, you know, side note, everyone bringing up, I was thinking about this last night. They're like, Oh, Bernie's too dangerous. We can't elect, we can't nominate him. Look how much oppo there is on him. There's so much video of him saying things about Fidel Castro who says nice things about Fidel Castro. We can't do this. And it's like, who's the president who, yeah. who, you know, <laughs> this doesn't matter anymore. It's like, we're Kim in a Jong -un new world. And I, we, we fell in love. Yes. Yeah. He, he wrote me a very nice note and we fell in love. We did. Writing love letters. Yeah. It's like, this is, this, you're fighting the last war. If you think that's, uh, that matters anymore. It's like all oh, the yeah. people in Florida are never going to go for this. It's like, did Hillary Clinton win Florida? I don't think so, yeah. but guess what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the conservative blue. Cubans in Florida who will never, ever vote for a Democrat, uh, you know, cause yeah. there's, cause they're rightly or wrongly, they're still pissed at, uh, you know, Fidel Castro for, for injustices that he did, you know, 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah. When Joe Budney, uh, uh, you know, um, Donald Trump is buddying up to dictators who are doing horrible things right now. Mm -hmm. 
the the double standard, the hypocrisy, the foolishness is, uh, you know, and and I wouldn't even be worried about it except that I don't have any faith that the, that the media will do their jobs correctly when these issues do come up in the general election. They'll be like, hmm, this is a real problem for Bernie Sanders. He, he said some nice things about Castro one time or the, or the Cuban people or something, you know, or, mm-hmm. oh, God, oh, you know, this or that. It's like, I mean, I don't know. It's it's extremely complicated. On the one hand, it might not matter because, like I said, just like Donald Trump, to some degree, the rules of political gravity don't really apply to Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. But number two, you know, it's it's like, I don't know. We're in a different political world now mm-hmm. <laughs> in a world where Donald Trump can buddy up to every dictator who's, you know, changing the rules of the, you know, human rights game in their own countries right now you know fidel castro's dead he hasn't been in power for quite a while here mm-hmm. and you know and whatever he was saying about you know castro at that point like i mean how much support were we giving to you know south africa around the contemporaneous time mm-hmm. you know how much were we supporting south korea which you know i'm sorry to say was a right-wing authoritarian dictatorship at that point Mm -hmm. like you know i mean depending on when the quotes from sanders came from i assume it was the 80s or something but Mm -hmm. i could be way off i'm sure in the in the general election we'll find out exactly Mm -hmm. when it was oh yeah and i'm not saying they're not going to throw that at him but it's like this is a whole new ball game here and i don't know that that stuff matters to people especially young people that are more excited about bernie than if they've been about anything, you know what I mean? So it's, I don't know how many of them care about Castro. Probably not a lot. I mean, right, really wrongly. I mean, Castro, I'm not defending Castro, but it's like, was this a daily reality for 18 to 25 year olds? I don't think so. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, most people, well, a lot of people don't remember it. It's not currently, um, relevant really. Mm -hmm. Um, and any, any politician at any point, probably has or has had uh, a supportive relationship with an administration in another country that was not nice. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and at, and at that point, if you bring up Sanders or, or, you know, uh, Castro in the eighties or something like that, I mean, like, okay, what was America doing in central and South America in the eighties? You really want to talk about that? Yeah. Nicaragua, Nicaragua, Argentina, Guatemala, Chile. Yeah, let's go down the list on that one, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not a pretty, you know, mm-hmm. time or place for our our whole politics at that time. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And what was it Batiste? Was that the the president of Cuba before Castro? Uh, you know. Yeah. He, he was no uh he was no, you know, right. I don't even know what the word is at this point. He was he was no I want to say spring chicken, but that's not what I'm looking for. Here. He, he was no uh, Gandhi himself, I guess you could say. Absolutely, sure. So, um, so, anyways, okay, enough, enough on that. But like, it's like, yeah, it's okay, whatever. Um, let's see. So, anyways, da, 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 um, Batista. Yeah. Okay. So, um, anyway. Yeah. So, anyways, Klobuchar was like kind of trying to pander to the uh, the two senators from New New Hampshire, and she still lost, and Bernie still won. And um, 
Let's see. Elizabeth Warren also voted yes for Trump's uh, NAFTA replacement. He says, you know, farmers and workers were really hurting. This makes things somewhat better. I'd sign up for that. A law that makes things somewhat better. And I'll get up tomorrow and start working hard for a better trade deal on climate uh, that has a basic coherence to it. So you're basically saying this was somewhat better. And I like to vote for things that are somewhat better. And maybe in the future we can, you know, turn around one year later and renegotiate with Mexico and Canada for something that has a basic coherence. Mm-hmm. I voted for something that didn't have a basic coherence. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, Tom Steyer said, I agree with Bernie Sanders. I do. And then he somehow like, okay, good start, Steyer. But then he transitions to the Soleimani killing again. I'm like, What? That was like two topics ago, at least. Um, Amy Klobuchar says, Trump blames everyone. Who does that? And then she mentions the New Hampshire senators again. Then she jabbers about things quickly. Uh, I think she was another vote for this thing. Final question. Okay. Preschoolers and poverty. Andrew Wang, Andrew Yang says, uh, winner, winner take all economy, technology. If we want to alleviate child poverty, we need to put money directly into the hands of families, particularly single parents. Okay. <laughs> That's your answer for everything, Andrew. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, Buttigieg says, uh, America's been counting the wrong things. Uh that is why we need to recognize that the time has arrived for a different kind of politics to turn the page, leave the politics of the past in the past and deliver a better future before it is too late, which is the line that I referenced earlier that I said he was going to say again later verbatim, which he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Elizabeth Warren said, invest in our children, early childhood education, good quality child care, universal pre-K for every three to four year old in America. Raise the wages of every child care worker with a two two cent tax on speculation on Wall Street or something. Wealth tax. Uh, that's how we build the America of our best values. OK, which is sounding a lot like Pete. Pete's. Uh, yeah, one of Pete's sayings. Um, and I don't know, Bob, you're the parent of children. What do you I mean? I am the parent. It sounds good. Early childhood education, good quality child care, universal pre-K for three to four year olds. I mean, is it all good? I mean, how does that? I mean, we're going to homeschool our kids, so I'm not really in that rat race. But uh, I think as a general policy, I think it's a positive thing. I definitely think just knowing how much child care costs and knowing how much of a barrier that is to working and poor families, you know, especially if you want to give your kids a heads up, you know, if you're a rich family, you can afford to send them to, I mean, there's, there's places that preschools that kids sign, their parents sign up for while they're still in the womb, you know, put on the waiting list for. So like, like the rich kids do. Is Korea become, is America becoming Korea? I don't know. Is it like a class system with wealth inequality? Cause that's what's going on. But yeah, like, like uh, my brother, his kids, like, he was telling me what childcare costs and it's as for one kid is as, as much as my rent, like for one kid. And it's like, people go to work just to afford to be able to put their kids in a place so they cannot see that it's ridiculous. It's, it, it's totally counterproductive, but I mean, luckily, you know, Ash is uh, staying at home with them and we're going to uh, develop a, curriculum and start homeschooling here soon for our older son but um 
yeah, it's 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 a real issue, and I think it's definitely something that could could make a big difference in a lot of people's lives if they took that burden off of people. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds good. It sounds good. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well. Okay. Well, then we come to Biden. Um, he says these aren't someone else's children. They're all our children. They're the kite strings that lift our national ambition. No, they really are. Because <laughs> even though the audience was applauding at this point, he was expecting them to start laughing at this ridiculous analogy. Um, they're the kite strings that lift our national ambition. No, they really are. That lift our national ambitions aloft. I'm like, <laughs> kite strings doesn't lift a kite. The kite lifts the kite. <laughs> The kite string is the thing that keeps it tethered to the ground. Is that what your children do? I don't think they meant to say that. He, Somebody wrote it. It's like this was not a spontaneous thing for him. He, well, somebody he, wrote he it, had, and he didn't, he didn't repeat it exactly the way he should have, I don't think. I think he knew it was a little bit ridiculous when he was saying it, and he felt a little bit correctly of embarrassment, and yeah. he tried to mitigate it. And it's like, oh, God. Exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, I've got, uh, got about 10 minutes just so you know. So. All right. That's cool because we got three statements left and we are right there. Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah. Bernie Sanders said blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. It was it was the Bernie Sanders spiel, you know, the whole thing in, yeah. you know, less than two minutes or whatever. And he said, you know, our priorities are determined by the 1% and by wealthy campaign contributors. Amy Amy Klobuchar said some things, and then Tom Steyer said, imagine the mountain, and then we climb it together, and that was kind of the closing note of the debate. So, yeah, I don't know. It was a little bit – I know we kind of rushed through it this time, but it sounds like that worked out pretty well for our timing and everything. But uh... Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, let's, let's try and think when we want to do the next one here because uh, – Next one's tonight, so we're going to be too behind again. Uh, but uh, I uh, could probably do some time this week here. So uh, I've got to be honest. I'm going to need I'm going to need at least another weekend before I'm going to be able to okay, fully commit to another two hours here of of, of footage. Oh, that's <laughs> so, fine. That's fine. We could do uh, Saturday or Sunday or something if that works for you. Yeah, probably. So. Probably that'll work. I think mm-hmm. sometime then. I mean, I'll I'll try to start on it this week, but I, I guarantee I'm not going to finish it this week during the week. So. Yep. But. Yeah, yeah. I think there will be a little bit more fireworks in the next one though, because um, I think this is the one where, where, uh, where, um, you know, uh, well, by by many accounts, uh, uh, sorry, I'm just totally blanking on everybody's Elizabeth Warren. Uh, you know, Berninates the uh, the the Bloomberg on stage, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think this is also the one where Elizabeth Warren begins to turn on Amy Klobuchar, which seems to take the latter by surprise. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there will be some things to talk about there for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's really hard once I start listening because like I'm I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. It's really hard to know what to write down because you don't really know what's important until after they say it. And at the same time, like how many of these have we done so far this cycle? Yeah, I don't know. This is number eight, number nine, maybe. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
it's just like when I hear them saying the same things over and over again that we've already talked about a million times, I'm having mm-hmm. less and less in, inspiration and enthusiasm to write it down. <laughs> because if people have been listening to our earlier episodes, they should already know it. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, and it's unfortunate, but I find myself more tempted to, like, you know, pick up on a funny thing that somebody said or, you know, focus on the, 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 the combat between the, the candidates, which I know is not... Well, no, I think that's part of the usefulness of this debate is because it gets them out of their script a little bit, you know, and they have to respond to things that they weren't expecting. So if they're yeah. just repeating their talking points over and over, over and over again. It's not really as useful, but yeah, well, it's not, you know, it's not like policy based necessarily, which is what I worry about. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I mean, people who have been paying attention essentially, you know, know the know the policy of the various candidates or at least know what direction they trend in. Yeah. And so this is what we're left with. This is the entertaining part. So mm-hmm. I know I politics shouldn't be entertaining. It is for me <laughs> often. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sorry. Nope. Sorry. But, not uh, sorry. Yeah. Demi Lovato. Yep. That was a hot song of 2017, wasn't it? Yep. I remember Before when you the were. Heroin. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, I remember that. But I remember when you were in America, that was what was playing on the uh, highway between uh, Bloomington and Martinsville when you were waiting there for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, yeah, I probably posted about it. Which, on by the way, is still not done. So <laughs> you'll be you'll be you'll you'll be uh, glad to know that that's still waiting for you whenever you come back to America here. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I will never ever again tried to take the like the old 37 bypass or whatever the hell I no, tried last no, time no, because no. that was a miserable like four hours or something on the road yeah unbelievable <laughs> I know like I don't know how to fix a highway and I feel like I could have personally fixed the highway no, yeah well neither do <laughs> single-handedly they. by now whatever the hell it is they're trying <laughs> to do it's like my god has it been like four or five years they've been working on this stretch of oh land, yeah you know land that's like 40 kilometers or something I know it's, it's a straight a, shot. There's nothing. It's flat. Largely. It's already a road. It's not like they're hacking through the untamed forest or anything. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, Indiana is like trying to push for flying cars already, and they're doing it by making driving so fucking miserable on one of the main thoroughfares of the state. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, good good talking with you, Chad. Thanks for doing all the work and taking the notes and stuff. I appreciate it. And I'll uh, I'll do my uh, very best to get some podcasts out between now and the next time we talk, so we'll have something to show for our efforts before the people go to the polls again. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah. I, at our current rate, like I think by the time Trump is reelected for his second term, <laughs> people will be hearing some very wild zingers from Sanders in, in January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so get ready for that people <laughs> hey I, I hold myself just as much to blame as you i mean like i'm like i don't always am not always able to get these things finished as quickly as i'd like to sometimes so yeah. but i you know i try to and i try to you know take notes for sure so, yeah cool all right well anyways all right bob we'll talk to you here in the near future again yes stay healthy stay safe talk to you i soon. will try <laughs> don't go we'll to the gym do. <laughs> don't go to the gym yeah <laughs> yeah all right all right Take well, it easy, man. Uh, I, all right yeah bye-bye
Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.